Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. Hello, my name's Tori. I'm Taylor Shay. You want to do that fucking act? <laughs> Hello, my name's Turi. Okay, Hello. I've had this habit recently. <laughs> Just jumping right in. Of um, I've had this habit of answering the phone, going "Hello." <laughs> Wait, at work? No, 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 oh, no not at work. No, I meant like in my personal life. Oh, but I've gotten okay, a good. lot of calls recently from like my dad and my friends and shit like that. Oh, and so okay. one of my coworkers, she went out and got lunch, and so I had her buy me lunch because like, why not? Yeah, I want fucking Wendy's and I don't want to pay for it. I actually gave her money before oh, for Wendy's yeah. and like, yeah, she didn't use all of it. So anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, she called me. was like, hey, can you meet me at the back door? I'm going to eat in my car, but I don't want your food to get cold. And I was mm-hmm. like, OK, cool. But whatever. So she called me and she's like, I'll call you when I'm there. I was like, OK, so she called me and I went, hello. Mm-hmm. And she went, can you not fucking answer your phone like that? That's the second time you answer the phone like that for me. Like well, what I was more concerned about is like. If you answer a hotline call like that, but like this is someone going through the most serious moment of their life and you're just like, hello, hello, (laughs) here's my thing. You don't know who's on the other side of that line, especially if you don't know the number. So I would love, I'm not going to actually do it if anyone from my work is listening, but like you could go through an entire phone call with a different accent and they wouldn't fucking know. No, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. Even if it's someone you knew, like even if it's someone who was like in the program and it was like a volunteer, like you pretend you were a volunteer. You know what? They wouldn't know. Yeah, they wouldn't know. Yeah. If you went, hello, how can I help you? (laughs) <laughs> like shit like that like how i say like the google pod google google podcast shit like that they wouldn't fucking know <laughs> fuck it whatever oh. like that's there's like i love the fucking stories of people who like pretend to be british or something oh, like at like for their partner or whatever and then they started dating they're like yeah i'm actually I'm, um i thought you were american <laughs> i thought i'm um, a lesbian I'm a le- um i thought you were You're american, american. <laughs> I, I don't know why that has been, like, in my brain for years. I, it's so hey, um, I'm a lesbian. Uh, I thought I you were American. Because that's one of the best finds that's ever existed. I love it. No, I completely... Every phone call in my personal life, I answer the exact same way that I frighten you in the middle of the night. The just Hello. Hello. It... Oh, yo. <laughs> I told her the other day, I said, you're lucky I don't know a fucking firearm because you would have been shot dead so many fucking times. Yeah. And that was a threat no it's not a threat but like i am threatening you no because this is right a, you're now. a threat i am you're the threat my existence is a threat oh my god wait so speaking of threats not actually threats but i was um at work the other day we're going through like a communication log we used to have this thing called pass on for our old mm-hmm. job that was like essentially that way like all the shifts could communicate so like yeah, let's say like resident x did this or exactly like, or like this so asked me to do this form with them it's finished it's just sitting on this part of the paper exactly so we were looking to redo ours for my current job because um we don't have the same thing it was kind of like a shitty way we did it it was yeah. kind of like a grid that was like resident information follow-up staff and that was it so we like redid it so it's a lot more comprehensive anyway so i I picked out one of the pass-ons from when we were sick with covid because i have still have on my computer which i should probably delete um i still have on my computer and you know how we used to have to do hazard checks because there was that we had an older resident who fell and almost broke her wrist remember that oh yeah yeah and so we do hazard checks and so in one of the pass-ons when we were sick with covid we wrote pigeon is a hazard Yes. Which is funny because looking back on it. That's hysterical. Looking back on it, it's hysterical. And we included Nobody it in cared. a work document. Yeah. No one cared. Nobody cared. Nobody, Nobody cared because we were both sick with COVID. We're like, let's try to like well, make this fucking the funny. The funny part is, is like, I don't think anybody was reading it in general. No. We could have put anything in there. If it like took 40 phone calls today, coughed on every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, Did 10 nebulizer treatments between 40 hotline calls. Yeah. But like, like, will someone come and help me? Mostly please help. mentally, please. Please help. P.L.S. PLS, H-E-L-P. where's my Chinese food? I just wanted Hot my good sandwich. dumps. Yeah, <laughs> they and they jit me on my dumps. They did. Dude. They we ordered. We ordered like steamed 
meat dumplings and they gave me fucking fried vegetable gyoza yeah it was not at all what and you, you know what's ordered. funny like, like it's good yeah, it was good because i was good because i was ordered. like under the impression because i didn't seen your dumplings yeah and i just started eating mine i was like oh yeah these are pretty good and i looked at yours i was like wait but those are two totally different I was like things. what the fuck and then i show and then I let me try yeah. one and we got them the next night yeah because for a week straight all we ate was chinese food yes and because when i'm sick the only thing i want to eat is Plain white rice, mm-hmm. hot and sour soup, mm-hmm. and dumplings. Exactly, which was started during yes. the, when we had COVID in January yeah. of 2021. Because um, that was the only thing we could no, eat that felt... January 2022. Yes. January of last year. Yes. Yes. Because that was the only thing mm-hmm. that I could stomach. We both... And I, for a solid week, had fried rice, yep. dumplings, crab rangoon, which you didn't think I would be able... Like, I didn't, yeah. wouldn't think I'd be able to stomach when I was sick, but I could. Yeah. Crab rangoon and then um, scallion, scallion pancakes. pancakes. Oh, yeah. fuck me up. I love scallion pancakes. <laughs> oh. But, my god yeah no we ate chinese food for a week we could have put anything in any of these documents nobody would have said shit no. nobody was reading them no and no one because no one really cared about no. us no they were like you guys can die yeah y'all care. can die and fuck off and we're like okay i'll work a 16 hour shift get traumatized yeah, while i'm coughing into the phone i can't fucking breathe but all right guys we thanks. took turns going off and on of, on the shifts yeah that way we could like you could take a t- an hour nap i could take an yeah. hour nap you could do nebulizer treatment i could take yeah. an i could do like a i could like do whatever i need to do like take a shower or something exactly so um i don't know how we fucking got on that but oh you're a threat because you're a threat oh yeah i'm pigeon's a threat threat. and oh and to circle back to phone call nonsense i end every phone call doing the bye just like most popular girls in school because that's the only thing that exists in my brain you've been sending me a lot of that shit on tiktok it's fucking funny hello watch it hello i've seen it it before it's good i'm not saying it's not it's comedy okay gold. and i okay speaking of dolls and speak and weird voices yikes okay if anyone's on tiktok i hope and i know you i've sent you these videos before jasper the doll oh my god so funny. fucking funny it's this fucked up looking doll it's not like scary it's like a barbie yeah. doll they like fucked up with like <laughs> markers and like yeah wax and shit like that and like play-doh or something and and it talks like this <laughs> and it is this fucking funniest shit ever and they they did a fucking Oh my god, I, I kind of want to try to fucking play it. Let me. I hope I don't get copyrighted. We don't get like taken down. Oh yeah. But th- it was so. Hold on. I don't wanna know if you're playing me, keeping <laughs> on the low. What kind of voice is that? <laughs> That's all I've been watching on TikTok, and it is so fucking funny. And I'm sorry to anyone that that like ruined your eardrums, yeah. but that shit has been making me laugh. So fucking hard. I've watched that video like 20 fucking times. So uh, funny. Yeah. My, there was a couple of days I was so excited. Like my For You page on TikTok just slapped. Like, and I could tell because you good. sent me everything. Yeah, it was so fucking funny. And then it went right back down again. Mm, I was like, I don't sucks. understand what is happening with this algorithm. That sucks. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're doing good. We're actually recording a couple days after we recorded the last episode. We're actually yes. like ahead of We're ahead of schedule. Because, we're getting things together. Yeah, because like we said in the last episode, you know, we're both kind of out going to be doing stuff tomorrow and then the following weekend des is going to be coming up for a couple days so we're not gonna be able to really record if we are it's going to be a quick like kind of mm-hmm. bs episode maybe convince oh well to i have on. a silly episode exactly no, yeah. okay hold on and i we haven't got any hate yet but just to make sure we don't i'm not saying that these cases are bullshit i'm not saying no i'm just saying like a, like an easy like not a child murder case yeah you know something what I mean? that's not like absolutely mm-hmm. intense 
but also eventually we do need to sit down and do another conspiracy theory episode because mm-hmm. I have at least three conspiracy theories, like yeah, celebrity conspiracy theories that I cannot mm-hmm. stop falling down rabbit holes. About. I love it. I love it. So I mean, we have one in the chamber. Like we yes. we just have that. That one was like an okay one. It was like mm-hmm. a, eh, I feel like that one is a is gonna be hard to release just because during one of the parts yeah. it was you showing me pictures of celebrities and having me guess them. It was so funny, though. It was funny, but think, it's hard to, like... Yes, I think eventually we'll have to, like, film some sort yeah. of Instagram story or something so you guys can get the full weight and scope of the fact that this bitch can't tell <laughs> the difference between two of my favorite people on Earth, Julia Roberts and Sandra Bullock. Which is funny, because I think Sandra Bullock is hotter than Julia Roberts. No. I gotta fucking leave. Ha- no! Sandra Bullock?! Julia Roberts. Do you not remember her in that one movie, that Practical Magic? I love that movie more than life itself. I will be honest, but also, fuck you. My whole awakening happened because a pretty woman and oh Julia Roberts zipping up God. her boots. Fuck That's you. like the fourth time you've mentioned that on the because podcast. Because it literally is like a scene that is so engraved in my brain that it's I like this is you. perfect. Also, just Julia Roberts existing. Her like gorgeous, I don't like big her face. curly hair. I don't like your face. What okay, the first the fuck of all. Okay, I don't dislike her face. I don't like Demi Lovato's face. I, okay. I, I'm neutral opinions. Like the way I view I her. I neutral opinions about your face. The way, <laughs> the way I view Julia Roberts' face yeah. is the way that you know how like everyone's always like, oh my god, Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god, Jennifer Aniston. Okay. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about Julia Roberts. It's like okay, she's just Jennifer Aniston. She's like just eh. okay. Like Sandra Bullock for me. Especially as she gets older, Sandra Bullock for me is up there with fucking Angelina okay, Jolie. Okay, like I love Sandy Bullock; she's a great lady. Don't call but, her like, Sandy Bullock. I can do what I want. Sandy balls. <laughs> Sandy balls. But like, <laughs> Julia Roberts is absolutely iconic in I'm every not, possible. I'm way. not saying she's not iconic. And she, I what think she's I'm one of saying. the most beautiful women that I've ever seen. Like her mm. hair, her smile. I think she's just fucking radiant. Like nobody looks like her. She's gorgeous. I hope you realize you're not going to convince me, right? I don't care. What like you know how you know how many times you've told me that Nickelback sucks. It does. No, it doesn't. Categorically, it does. Fuck no. 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 Also, Central New Jersey doesn't exist. Oh, my God. Okay. We are going to get into an actual fucking fight. But also, so one of the things that I did want to talk about and that I was trying to explain to someone the other day is, like, the difference between the female gaze and the male gaze yes. when it comes to, like, celebrities yes. that, like, men and women find attractive. And one of the videos that I was watching that was so, like, incredible to me to, like, try to describe mm-hmm. it, when it comes to, like, the male gaze as to who they find attractive as women like obviously Megan Fox like mm-hmm. that's they'll they'll be like this is the hottest person mm-hmm. in the world and then when they talk about men Scarlett Johansson pure example yes Scarlett Johansson that is someone who fits into the male gaze and like when it comes to men that other men think are attractive based off of the male gaze Chris Hemsworth like Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth Ryan Reynolds yep. like these are all mm, okay Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds I, I think do he think everybody I th- loves I think he blurs the gaze Okay, fair. You know yes. what I mean? I think everybody Because likes I find it. him very attractive, not because yeah. of his looks, because of his personality. So, yes. okay, let me rephrase. His well, looks are male gaze. Yes. His, his personality, personality is female gaze. gaze. Okay. Yes. Continue. So, like, stuff like that. But then when I was sitting there thinking, when, like, good examples for, like, mm-hmm. what is the female gaze, like, a woman that, in the female gaze, that, like, every woman finds, like, terribly attractive, Florence Pugh. Yes, 100%. Like, she yep. is written within the female gaze. I think Emma Watson's in the female gaze, too. I think, too. I think yeah. she could very easily trickle into the male yes. gaze, but she is... 
I think she's so delicate. Yes. Yeah, that yes. it's very much like and, yeah. the female gaze. But then when thinking of like the perfect example of a man that like no guy would think is like super mm-hmm. duper attractive to us mm-hmm. or as a person because they are so like ingrained in this male gaze of like mm-hmm. they have to have abs, like all these things. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Laszlo on What We Do in the Shadows. I can't. Or like that character in general. Literally mm-hmm. that character. He has a dad bod. He mm-hmm. has long hair mm-hmm. and he worships his fucking wife. And the only mm-hmm. yep. reason mm-hmm. that he has killed his wife's uh, like lover several times over the years is not because of jealousy of his wife cheating on him. It's because this man has made his wife cry. Mm-hmm. So just kills him every reincarnation of his wife's lover mm-hmm. for literally hundreds of years just because he made his wife cry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is someone that is written yep. in the female. Completely case. agree. I'm trying to. Th- I feel like there was another person that I thought of that I like had in the f- like. I think people don't understand the female gaze because they expect us to just have this. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like they just think that women or like female adjacent people like this like really strong whatever like when in reality like i love i'm not into very muscular men granted put this out there if you're on a zero percent attracted to wet men 100 percent attracted to men and mm-hmm. same thing with women i'm yeah. like a i'm like a a 90 90 90 attracted women 10 percent attracted to men so Fair. like my opinion of men is all is you know not probably the best one out of both out of everybody that i know you know what i mean but i prefer men with dad bods like i love des and he like we both gained some weight since we've been together Mm -hmm. you know that relationship weight when you get happy we've Mm -hmm. been together for three and a half almost four years like you tend to like you know gain weight because you're comfortable that type Mm -hmm. of thing and ever since he's gained weight like he's been like oh i want to go to the gym i want to go to the gym and i'm like i'll support you but i don't want you to because i love your body like like it's it's i i love dad bods i don't it's either dad bods Mm -hmm. or with really nice arms i like nice arms Mm -hmm. or like pete davidson machine gun kelly tiny tall lanky yes i could break you in half looking dudes gumby yes i want to fuck gumby (laughs) gumby's dick (laughs) wait okay pause okay gumby's dick do you think it's malleable probably that'd be so dope (laughs) yo is there a gumby sex I don't know, but also side up. note, I because like at lunch today because I was bored, I kept watching like on YouTube like different videos of Drag Race mm-hmm. and like all of the jokes everyone kept making about Evie Oddly's dick. Yes, just, I couldn't fucking get over yes. it. Yes, <laughs> I love. We just started watching season eleven of because RuPaul's Drag yes. Race because I just finished season ten because um, I had actually worked um, like a 14, 15 hour shift yeah. on a, 50, a 50, 25, 30 minute notice. Yeah. I got a text at 10, 15 from a coworker being like, I'm really sick. Can you cover for me? <laughs> so I worked from 3 p.m. until 5 a.m., went to bed at six and was up for 21 hours, which was great. But I was watching Drag Race. So we've been watching season 11 and we we fall lo- in love with um, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. Miss mm-hmm. Vanjie. Vanjie. And then oh. also Evie Oddly. We just love yes. her. She is so Absolutely couture, love so her. chic. Love her so Fucking much. Love her. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, a lot of um uh side note, I don't think there's a Gumby sex toy. I just looked it up. Um Pornhub has a category called Gumby Girls. Okay. I guess it means they're flexible. Oh. So who knows? Well, where's the Gumby guys? So Plato Nothing are- is for the female gaze. <laughs> so, hold on. I just saw a tweet. I need to read this. What the fuck does this say? It says, so Plato are recall- recalling their-, their dildo, it seems, could have been- could have made for some epic Gumby rule 34. Oh, never mind. It was a, um, it looks like a dildo, but it- I think it's just to like, like ice a, f- a Play-Doh cake. Oh, 
but they were calling it but rule 34 is if you look up something rule 34 you're gonna find porn of it uh, somewhere online anyway fair enough now that we're 15 minutes in and not having talked about true crime um no, we're both in pretty good mood so that's kind of yeah. like we're pretty both we're both yes. tired but we're both like ready to go yes. so that's why we're so talking sorry about. for the silly but now yes. time to go right back down yeah we? so oh, i'm gonna t- uh, talk about a case that uh the lifetime movie actually recently came out i want to say it was on the 28th mm-hmm. of february mid of february early march um it's about um the main thing we're going to talk about is uh kara robinson um so she is the sole survivor of serial killer richard ivonitz um he has four victims um Kara being one of them the other three unfortunately are deceased Mm -hmm. um and I learned about this from a people magazine so I found a true crime magazine from people in the grocery store probably like a month and a half two months ago and we were getting tattooed yes when we got tattooed Mm -hmm. yes so in the beginning of February February Mm -hmm. 4th I found it so it's been about a month now Mm -hmm. um and I haven't been doing a lot of research because I've been you know no spoons all that fun stuff um but also you know I I there's a bunch of cases I want to do in that one one of which is actually from the county that we reside in which is awesome so I Learned it from there, and then I they have a um, a documentary from Oxygen. They also have the Lifetime movie, which I was hoping to present this and have like Tay not know about it because I didn't know about it. And then she was like, "Oh, I think my mom my mom put this on TV now last time I was up." And I was yes. like, "Fuck!" Yeah, I'm real sorry. Like I did know about this case before then because I was sitting there talking to my mom about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is the details that I remember," and blah blah blah. And she was mm-hmm. like, "Why are you like this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this happened of- in 2002 yeah so like this was like what you when you were six six i was four yeah so like i definitely i don't remember it being on the news i do remember this case being something that i watched Mm -hmm. or i think i listened to a podcast about it it Mm -hmm. was probably like my favorite murder like Mm -hmm. several years ago but it was one of the ones that like stuck in my brain Mm. so i did remember it but then also i do know more about it now after watching that lifetime movie with my mom which i haven't seen i've only watched the um the documentary called i escaped the kara robinson story i actually is the opposite for me because they played it right after i didn't watch the documentary exactly so i've seen the documentary which actually has kara herself in it talking and it has um her ex-boyfriend has her mom her dad mm-hmm. and a couple and like the police officers who hopped on the case so oh, that's awesome. we'll kind of jump right in it's june 25th 2002 a blonde 15 year old girl comes into the richland county sheriff's department in i think it's south carolina i think if i'm not mistaken i forgot to write it and steps into the office of a detective she holds up her right hand and shows him a pair of fuzzy handcuffs locked around her wrist she says my name is kara robinson i was i was kidnapped and i escaped so we're going to talk about the amazing escape of Kara Robinson, but also, you know, the unfortunately deceased victims of Richard Ivanitz, as well as Ivanitz himself. So yeah, I couldn't... The shit stain that the is. The shit stain that is, that is Richard Ivanitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find his... Um, or not his... I couldn't find Kara's uh, date of birth anywhere for some reason. I just think because it was... Privacy reasons. Exactly. I think that's probably for but the best. But based on her age when this happened, it seems she was around born around 1987, 19... Okay. Around there. Um, so she was born to Rob Robinson and Deborah Johnson. Her mom said when she was younger, everyone would comment on how cute she was, and she was actually really pressured to put um, Kara into pageants. Um, however, Kara did not want anything to do with this which <laughs> reminds me of myself because yeah. when i was younger my parents were like told i should be i should be put into pageants mm-hmm. my parents are like um no let her be a fucking kid oh, um really sweet though that your parents yeah. like were like adamant nah <laughs> yeah exactly um and so that's how kara's parents were and kara herself like didn't want anything to do with it either um if you hear something tay's brushing her hair Sorry. i apologize yeah this is getting a little no you're good i just want i just wanted to let y'all know because 
it is what it is. It's just ASMR. <laughs> Ew. Um, so when uh, Kara was younger, she was a total tomboy, loving to ride dirt bikes and climb trees. Um, a little after Kara turned 15, her parents divorced. So I don't know if it was necessarily a bad divorce, but it led to Kara residing with her mom while her dad found somewhere else to live. I'm okay. not sure like where he resided because in the documentary, um, it said that he worked about four hours away in Georgia um, okay. at the time for kidnapping. So I'm not sure if he lived in Georgia or if it was like he was there for work or what. Um, but like I said, at the time for kidnapping, he was about four hours away. Oh, wow. um, so as any nor- normal teenager does, Kara loved to hang out with her friends, especially since her friend Heather had just gotten her license. Um, oh, I remember those mm-hmm. days. Where you were like, oh, my God, my friend has my le- her license. Like, let's yeah, go everywhere let's and go anywhere. let's go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's go do everything. Or when you have an older sibling with yep. a license. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you was don't, a, you, yeah, no, yeah, I, I was the older sibling. You were the, the older sibling that was driving everyone everywhere. I was the younger sibling that could just go to my older sister and be like, Hey, you want to go to Walmart and fuck around? Yeah, right. That was me with my one, my one old best friend. She had her license because she was, she was um born in ninety seven. She just okay. she was like the old one for the grade, so she was born ninety seven. You so. old crusty, you old crusty bitch. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. You know who you are. Um, so w- when she got her license, she was I. It was a good almost, I want to say eight nine months before I got my license. So actually, it was almost about a year, a year and a half because I got my license um mm-hmm. the April after I turned. Uh, 17 not okay when i turned 17 because yeah. of like scared and stuff yeah um Mood. anyway so she would drive me everywhere so that's how like kara was um but it also kara also had um a boyfriend who she had been together with for a while who went to the same school as she did and it actually turns out that um heather wasn't only kara's best friend okay. but she was also kara's boyfriend's really good friend okay. so all so three of them like, would hang out yeah so they were all super close and they were yep. like like a little three musketeers yeah and it wasn't like a jealousy where like oh you're my you're my boyfriend's best friend it was a genuine like we're both best friends we're all best friends oh, that is kind of like how i feel like how i feel like you me and des would be if we yeah. were teenagers where it's like there's no jealousy at all no, it's like, like all right you're my, my best friend who are it, dating exactly who cares? exactly um so on june 23rd 2002 kara asked her mom if she could spend the night at heather's so they could go to the lake the next day being that kara was a good kid and you know didn't mm-hmm. really have any issues with, her, with anything uh, her mom said yes so off goes kara to kara to kather to hmm. so off heather's. goes kara to heather's house planning a fun-filled night and an exciting day at the lake but it didn't quite turn out like she had planned so the next morning before going to the lake, Heather and Kara were asked by Heather's mom to water the flowers in the front yard. Um, this was before Heather's mom went to work, okay. I'm assuming. Um, Heather still had to get ready for the lake, so Kara, being the kind person she is, offered to water the flowers outside while Heather showered so they could kill two birds with one stone. Oh, being like, hey, I'll take care of this, you do your yeah, thing, I'll whatever. Yeah, I'll do your chores for you so you can get ready. Exactly. Really cute. So Kara went outside and started to water the flowers. As she did this, a green Trans Am pulled into Heather's driveway. Inside the car was a man who was mid to late 30s. He got out of the car and asked Kara if she wanted to buy some magazines or pamphlets. Um, I saw both magazine and pamphlet cited in sources, so I'm not sure which one was actually like We're it was. Say magazine because I yeah. don't like the P word. Oh, forgot you don't like that word. Yeah. No. So Kara was like, yeah, no, I'm good. And then he was like, hey, are your parents home? So she was like, hey, it's actually not my house. It's my friend's house. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guy who ended up being Richard Ivanitz, asked if her friend's parents were home. And Kara was like, no, her mom just went to work. Mind you, this is the early 2000s. Yes, but this reminds me of, like, when my mom, uh, like, so this was one of the funniest things to me. Now, still looking back at it, like, duh. Like, my mom once called and pretended to be someone else and asked me all these questions. And I was like, where are your parents? Like, all these things. And I was like, mom. Like, the whole time, I was like, mom. 
you know where oh you my are. God. Why are you doing this? This is so annoying. She's like, you shouldn't be answering my questions. Like all these things. Who was like, you should always say we're home or like in the shower. Like all these things. She was like, you lost your phone privileges because you didn't answer correctly. <gasps> oh my and God. I'm like, I knew it was you the entire oh time. My God. Do you think I answer the phone if I don't know it's you? I can see this is your cell phone number. Oh my God. And I can hear your voice. Also, do that you think so I talk funny. to anybody? I hate everyone. That is so fucking funny. So, um, so once, um, Kara told him that they were, that her friend's parents weren't home, he looked as if he was going to go away, but then he started walking towards Kara telling her like, Hey, I'll just leave these magazines with you. Have them give me a call, whatever. Once he got close enough, he pulled out a gun from his pants and pressed it against her neck. Mm -hmm. Um, he then walked her towards his car and into a storage bin he had in the back of the car. So there was a a huge S like, well, the ones, huge storage bins we have. So he put her in the container, making her kneel inside before putting the lid loosely on the container. So there's still a little bit of light, but like she could still. So he made her get into a tote. Yep. Mm -hmm. One of those big sterilite totes. Nope. Um, and so, um, I don't think he put, like I said, I don't think he put the lid on the way, um, because she said she saw a serial number in the container and kept repeating in her head to memorize this. To memorize wow. the serial number. So keep this in the back of your head because mm-hmm. um, this type of thing comes back later in the case. Mm-hmm. So as he was driving back to his apartment, Kara began counting turns, hoping if she could escape, she could remember her way back to Heather's house. She also took note of the man um, listening to a classic rock station and remember him seeing seeing him smoke uh, marble or red cigarettes. Um, so a lot of this information I got from a People magazine that Kara did in early 2022. Wow. And she said this about remembering these details. Mm-hmm. And I quote, my survival mechanism said, all right, let's gather as much information as we can. She says, fear, fear, barely, uh, fear barely even kicked in. The human will survive and the survival mechanism really just can't be underestimated. So she was just like her, her method of survival was remember everything. Remember wow. everything like photographically. Like it was insane. So um, before before he got to his apartment building, Ivanit stopped. Um, and here is where he let Kara sit up in the container, kind of take a couple breaths. But then he put a gag in her mouth, um, fuzzy handcuffs on her wrist and rope around her feet. So he and this is broad daylight, broad daylight. Yep. And nobody sees this and is like, nope. um, why is that child being gagged? And uh, yeah. And it's, it's not handcuffs? even just like a bandana. It's like a ball gag, like a sex ball gag. And then fuzzy handcuffs like you would get at Spencer's and like nylon rope. Yeah, that's not a thing people do in Mm-mm. public in broad no. daylight. And also put it out there, Kara didn't look like she was, like, an adult. She looked like a kid. Like, she was 15. She looked mature for her age, but she didn't look... She you could, looked like a teenager. She, yes. She looked like a normal teenager. She wasn't like she was young, you know what I mean? Or she, like, didn't... She looked... Didn't, it's not like she looked like she was, like, 10, but she didn't look like she was 20. You know what I mean? She was looked her Why? age no one looking out their windows yep. why is no one concerned yep so um then he made her go back go back into kneeling put the mm-hmm. put the um lid back on and then drove to the apartment complex in which he lived once he that once he was there he got out of the car and picked the container up putting it on the concrete and dragging it along the concrete and into his apartment so Ow. yeah um he closed the door behind him and opened up the container he told kara if she would promise not to yell or to be loud he would take the gag off of her so she nodded yes so he took the gag off uh, this is where Kara began taking in all of her surroundings. So in Ivanis' apartment, it was kind of dark, dingy, like just mm-hmm. a normal apartment complex. But um, there was a wall with a bunch of cages containing everything from guinea pigs and birds to fish and reptiles. Mm-hmm. So then Ivanis, um then brought Kara into his bedroom. So I'm going to trigger warning um, this. Um, I know I kind of didn't say it earlier, but trigger warning, um, child abuse, uh, rape, sexual assault, um, violence, drugs, that type of thing. Nothing here is going to be fun. No. Um, so, uh, yeah. And I'm going to, you know, 
as a heads up, this isn't the last time I'm going to have to give a trigger warning. So, like, this is kind of just for the entire case. Mm -hmm. So, in his bedroom, Kara noticed a large blanket with a wolf on it hanging on the wall. He sat her down on the bed and told her there were, quote-unquote, rules he had for her while she was with him. So, one of the rules was that she had to listen to him because he would have a gun with him at all times. And if she didn't listen, his exact quotes were, there would be consequences to your actions. Ew. And the second rule that she mentioned, which I think was the grossest of all, was that uh, he, he said that while she was with him, she had to call him daddy. Oh, my God. Like, and it... and I'm going to vom. Yeah. And it just kind of like, as... Because we all know she eventually escapes, because mm-hmm. I mentioned that she's still alive. Um, she used to call her dad daddy. And ever since then, she had to s- stop calling her dad daddy, because, like, that's yeah. trauma. That makes me so upset, because, like, I'll be honest, I am a person who calls my father that. Like... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So she couldn't do that anymore. No, yeah. That's really so, um, trigger warning. This is when he told Kara to lay on the bed and he started sexually assaulting her and raping her. Kara, mm-hmm. in the documentary I watched about the case, said she just went to a different place in her mind. She said she felt as if what was happening to her was actually happening to somebody else. Um, I mean, you know, we see this a lot yeah. in the victim services field. And, you know, I, as someone who's experienced sexual assault myself, it, I've, you do mentally you just, you just check to, out you yeah. just go somewhere else you dissociate mm-hmm. um you know and a lot of people who go through big traumas like this dissociate during bef- yes. like during it after it and you know w- whenever they're reliving it as a means to protect themselves yes i mean my first thought was yeah oh no but there's also like i've talked to victims that focus on very different things like i know someone who like hyper focused on the clock itself yep. and like the ticking going around mm-hmm. like I myself like hyper focused on like something that uh, you already know as a person who knows me. I don't like fallen hair, mm-hmm. and especially like I especially have a thing of like hair in the bathtub mm-hmm. and things like that. The entire time I was looking at like the dog hair that was like floating in the bath water, and mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. so gross to me. Yeah, so like you focus the people who go through this stuff mm-hmm. tend to focus on something that's not the assault itself. Yes. Especially if they're not trying to fight because mm-hmm. a lot of people who are being sexually assaulted or raped, yes. they don't fight. And I think that's yeah. something that people don't realize. I feel like yes. people have this image in their head of a rapist being a stranger. In Kara's case, it was. Yes. But in my case, it was not a stranger. It was someone that I had previously hooked up with and someone I had felt safe with mm-hmm. because I had done this stuff yes. with him before. Yeah. But then he just took that as a, okay, I can do whatever I want yes. whenever I want. That one you know yes what I mean? means yes for everything. Exactly. Forever. So, but you know. also, it kind of reminds it like earlier today, I was listening to a morbid episode and although i completely agree and understand what they were talking about when it came to like from elena's perspective as someone who's performed autopsies Mm -hmm. of like looking for physical evidence Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i disagree with them on and wish that they had like taken a little time to talk to someone about is that not all assaults Mm -hmm. leave physical signs Mm -hmm. or physical trauma Mm -hmm. because most assaults and most rapes occur under coercion Mm -hmm. and like one of the things that i think people really don't understand is the difference between like tonic immobility Mm -hmm. and like the different like reactions people have there Mm -hmm. isn't just fight or flight there is fight flight freeze and fawn Mm -hmm. which like the two that i am most common as a person to do are the freeze and fawn which freezing obviously is what it sounds you just freeze up and completely like go limp or Mm -hmm. go numb and just try not to move and like 
play possum basically mm-hmm. or what i do most often in stressful situations is i fawn mm-hmm. most of the time i basically try to tell that person whatever they need yep. to to not harm me mm-hmm. or just agree with them automatically so that they may not harm me yep and that's something that i've done a lot in my life is you know a lot of the sexual assault that i've experienced has been coercive um there's only been once in my life that it's been like a forcible thing Mm -hmm. um and i think that's why i'm so passionate about talking about it with stuff like this because it a lot of it like you said is with people you know and it's coercion it's if you don't have an outstanding clear excited yes yes then you should not be touching that person so you know with me pure example like when i was with people who were much older than me doing stuff i didn't want to do i was scared because i was so young you know because a lot of my experiences were when with people who were five ten years older than Mm me so i was you know scared so i just you have these these verbal reminders of like oh well you're inexperienced so then it makes Mm -hmm. you feel shittier or that you have to have something to prove so that this person won't leave you one of the things we always talk about is consent fries freely given reversible informed enthusiastic yep. and situational yep exactly. you don't have all of those things you don't exactly have and so you know i i don't like when people are like i i was in a queer youth group run by mm-hmm. planned parenthood in our county for a, a while and it was it was good but there was one of my last places time i times i went um we talked about sexual assault and what and consent and all that type of stuff consent mm-hmm. not only in intimacy and in the bedroom but also just in everyday life like if someone yeah. asks for a hug you have every right to say no no yes. is a complete sentence mm-hmm. um which is awesome but then there was this younger girl who was probably 13 14 i was maybe 19 at the time um and she was like oh well like i don't understand why she i feel essentially she was like oh well does it isn't rape when a stranger jumps out and grabs you and assaults you no and it really hurt because at that time i was only a year or two out of being assaulted Mm -hmm. and i was finally at the point where i could acknowledge what had happened to me when i was 15 16 17 a minor from grown adults um and it really hurt because people don't Mm -hmm. recognize coercive no or the grooming that goes into it because exactly a lot of people are willing or try to like i actually had an argument with a coworker at a (laughs) at an advocate a victim's advocacy Mm -hmm. agency that they were basically trying to tell me that it shouldn't be across the board for age of consent laws because there are some teenagers that are more mature than others and like absolutely i was a very mature teenager and i still was groomed by someone granted and and i want to put this out there like grooming can happen if you're 16 and the person's 19 yes like that is still grooming that can still happen because that was my situation i was 16 and i started dating a 19 year old Mm -hmm. who ended up turning 20 while we were dating so i was 16 17 dating a 19 20 year old which is so fucked up because even as a 24 year old like i can't imagine dating a 20 year old no like that's i can't imagine dating exactly a 17 year old can absolutely be groomed just because they're almost at the age of adulthood but they're that's still in high school but that's when a lot of grooming happens yes. and that's what i think people mm-hmm. don't realize about grooming yeah. is that it doesn't just happen to people who are 13 14 talking mm-hmm. to 30 year olds i was groomed by someone who i was 17 turning 18 and mm-hmm. this person was 24 so this is someone who's yep. my age now i cannot imagine dating an 18 year old at my age like i cannot imagine being that person yeah. and that was my first relationship mm-hmm. with a woman like and that's the thing too people don't realize women yeah. can groom people just oh, as much yeah. as men if not women more because absolutely be abusive and honestly like i've had more abusers that are women than men and anyway so to, yeah. to you know to kind of wrap this you know kind of big tangent yes, that up she was not being that kara was not being physically violently Mm-mm. attacked 
she, she was, was ple- yeah. yeah she was freezing she was fawning she mm-hmm. was basically trying to do whatever she yep. could to minimize the amount of violence that could happen to her person. exactly so and it's i want like we like i said and we what make happened it... to her is just as valid as someone exactly. being physically and attacked. i don't want to hear i don't think any of our listeners would say shit like that because no. at least everyone i know who personally who listens is very mm-hmm. on our same boat yeah. but i do want to put it out there like that is not just because someone is coerced does not mean it's still not rape yeah. and just because someone said yes to something once does not mean it's not rape ever yes anyway so with that being said um so she dissociated a lot during it um so mm-hmm. after Ivanitz was done assaulting her he let her out of the bedroom of the apartment and made her shower um so he made her like wash mm-hmm. wash herself mm-hmm. um while in the bathroom she noticed a lot of things including hairspray menstrual products and a brush with curly red hair in it so she took these things and remembered them keeping in mind that she was like okay a woman lives here because yes. he uh, he had short dark black hair yeah. mm-hmm. and it wasn't long red and, and curly <laughs> he's not gonna need menstrual products uh, yes exactly being a cisgender male exactly so she took notice of this um so she was like oh shit he lives with a woman but he she's just not home right now Clearly. um so after the shower she sat in the living room with him and began conversing with him trying to paint herself as easygoing and mm-hmm. easy to get along with so she wouldn't get killed fawning yes exactly as well as like that is unfortunately one of the things that they do tell you to do yep. is to tell say your name over and over again make you seem like a person so Mm -hmm. then it becomes harder to dispose of you exactly um so during this conversation he told her that when he was done with her he was quote going to take her somewhere that she didn't know where she was and leave her there so obviously this really freaked her out and it kind of showed her what his plans were um so while this was frightening with her this solidified in her head that she had to be as compliant as possible and taking as much information so that when she escaped she could yeah. talk about it and, and she, she was could lead police back exactly there. and she was like i have to make sure and she and she also did this as a means of trying to be like hey like i'm going to be as compliant as possible that way he thinks he can get comfortable with me and he mm-hmm. can trust me and he can slip up and that's my opportunity yes so she kept that in mind which is fucking genius Incredible. as a 15 year old fucking genius that's so much survival there's so much fight in her to mm-hmm. be able to say these things to herself mm-hmm. which also i'm not trying to say that any person who didn't try to do these things doesn't have yeah. that kind of fight but it's just very but this impressive. is a very interesting natural fight mm-hmm. like that comes from yep. within her and her natural survivor survival instincts mm-hmm. are incredible ones yep exactly so Ivana then began making dinner for both him and Kara and Kara was kind of like looking at him like kind of weird, but he was like, you have to eat when you're with me. And she was, he was like, just remember there are consequences if you don't listen to yes. me. So he was like going to force her to eat. Also, this sounds very Stockholm-y because that's yes. what they do in Stockholm syndrome yes. is there's the abuse followed by caring gestures, yep. the abuse again. A, a very like, much cycle of abuse. Yes. So um, while she was while he was making dinner, she asked him if there's anything that she could do for him. Um, and she was like, no, I understand. I have to eat with you like this and the other. Like, what can I do while you're making dinner? Um, so he was like, you can sweep the kitchen. So she grabbed a, you know, a, a broom and mm-hmm. started sweeping. And this was so smart, in my opinion, because it allowed her to have a look around the apartment and the mm-hmm. kitchen without him getting suspicious. Yes. Like she could just look and and, yeah, do, and exactly. have him not ask, what are you doing? Exactly. So while sweeping, she noticed a bunch of magnets on the fridge. Mm-hmm. There was a magnet that had information about his dentist. So not only did Kara remember the name of the dentist, but the number to the exact number. She remembered the phone number to the wow. exact like digit yeah fucking insane so during she has an incredible memory oh yeah it's fucking crazy and i'm i'm shocked that you know in this trauma brain that or the survival yeah. brain that she has that she was she's able, able to, to do this in so much because i've met so many survivors that don't even know their own phone number when they've had it for years because of being in survival mode yes because and i can absolutely say like mm-hmm. so although this wasn't 
obviously this kind of same situation like i use the example all the time like when i was in my very first car accident mm-hmm. my brain didn't immediately yep. go to call 911 i called my mom well i mean to also add to that when the yeah. whole thing with our old roommate happened you called me first yes i did because i no you're correct when we had that whole situation happen and i was literally physically attacked and a cat was stolen i didn't call mm-hmm. the police first because first not only did my brain need confirmation that like this is a crime you can call the police mm-hmm. but also i felt so disappointed like i was so upset i'm like i just failed you so now i need to tell you yeah so it makes sense that she was kind of like it doesn't make no hold my phrase it's not that no it's just incredible that her reaction was to absorb so much information Mm -hmm. my reaction was all logic went out the window yeah which i mean mood i feel the same way so during dinner Ivanitz made her watch the news to see if her kidnapping was broadcasted he was like let's see if anyone's missing you creepy like what like what she must have thought if it was on the news be like oh this person's gonna fucking kill me and here's the thing this isn't the first time i've seen people do this to their victims that's like so I've seen up. this before where it's like, let's see, let's see if they're looking for you. And they'll be like, no one's no looking, one's looking for, you. for you. No one cares. But oh, thankfully, oh not seeing anything didn't discourage Kara because she knew she'd only been missing for a few hours. And smart she was girl. smart. And she was like, they don't put this stuff out in the news until a couple hours later, Yeah, which is which is true. Yeah. So after this, he put her back in the container. He abducted her in, put the gag back in her mouth while he made a phone call. He, he was like, I'm putting you there. You can't talk. She, he put her back and shut the lid. So this is when Kara truly began to panic because she said she felt as if she couldn't breathe. So she yeah. began like freaking out, moving the container, making noise. So Vonitz came back in the room and ripped off the lid and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why no. are you making noise? And he was, she, once she took the, once he took the gag out of her mouth, she was like, I can't fucking breathe. Yeah. So then he was like, okay, I'll give you something to help with your anxiety. So he gave her a pill and some Gatorade and told her to swallow. How is that supposed to help with someone's breathing? It's not anxiety. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have oxygen. In a co- small container. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no logic with this man, though. Like, No, because he, like, he's a fucking idiot. No. He's he brought her back lead. to his own fucking apartment. Like, I love dub criminals, but, yeah. like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So it's just like, why do you have to exist? Yep. So Kara not only was assaulted by Ivanitz multiple times, but he also made her do other things. Like, he made her take this pill. Mm-hmm. Um, he also made her sit in front of TV and watch a porn film and made her describe what was happening. And she was like, I was 15. She goes, I didn't even know half yeah. of what was going on. She goes, I don't know what that is. She was just a sweet baby. Exactly. So he also made her smoke weed with him. Um, so later that night, he put handcuffs on her and made her lie on the bed where he clipped the handcuffs with like a, a quick release C something, like a little clip thing. I, I said it was a carabiner, okay. but it's not. it wasn't a carabiner. It was okay. something that she had to like unscrew. Like one of those things you have to like, oh, un- like okay. the C clips or whatever. I get what you're those saying Those ones. Um, he, there was a chain on his bed frame. So he took the clip put it on the chain and put the handcuffs through the through the clip and clipped her what side note so the woman that lived with him how did she like oh that wasn't there when she was there okay she hit we'll talk about how she how he hid a bunch of this shit from her okay because if i saw that in the person that i was living with and they had that like oh you're a fucking serial killer no i mean there is definitely parts where i'm like how did you not know about certain things he had in the apartment but it was i think it was one of the things where he brought it out when he kidnapped uh, okay so he took the chain i imagine it was i'm trying to imagine like imagine it was like a normal bed frame he put okay. the chain over like the big post okay and then he took the the screw c-clip carabiner thing put it through the one of the links yeah. in the chain and then put her handcuffs in that and chained her to the bed God, and he dick. yep and he also put um he also put a rope around her right leg so she was saying that since she was forced to do drugs with him she fell asleep very quickly 
So when she woke up, she noticed there was um, light streaming through the drawn shades. And when she had been in bed, it had been nighttime. So she was like, okay, this is the morning time. So she um, took special care to be very quiet. And she noticed that Ivana's was asleep, heavy breathing and snoring next to her. So as slowly as she could, she lifted her hands up and unscrewed the, mm-hmm. the carabiner thing, took it out of the the Mm -hmm. thing really quietly and then undid her leg restraint and like you know when you're sleeping with someone and you try not to wake them up but like extra more so because her her captor Mm -hmm. she did that thing where she like sneaks like does a little move at a time um and then she still mind you she still had the handcuffs on so she undid everything she still had them both of her hands tied so she eventually was able to because they were fuzzy and they're kind of shitty she was able to slip one of her hands out but she still had them on her on her arm yeah so um so mind you, all this was done while he was fucking sleeping. So she got out of the bed and opened. Um, she got out of the bed and went to the front door. But the issue was she was she saw was that there was like a accordion closet door that was kind of off the off the um mm-hmm. the track and it was okay. in front of the front door. So she had to move that, unlock the front door, undeadbolt the front door, and then Jeez. open the door and run. So she was like. I gotta do this all at once because if yes. I'm gonna make noise, it has, it has to, be to be all be at once. Quickly. So she quickly like moved the metal to the side, yeah. undid everything, opened the door, and fucking bolted. So she actually ran straight towards a car she saw in the parking lot that was driving and almost got hit by it. But she like yeah. stopped it, like banged on the home, was like, yeah. "I need help! I need help! I need help!" And then she asked the two guys in the car to bring her to a police station. So mm-hmm. this kind of brings us back to where our story mm-hmm. started with Kara coming to the Richland County Sheriff's Office uh, station to recount her story. Yeah. So. Once she began telling her story, they called her mom. So they then informed uh, her mom that they had Kara and um, they were like, hey, Kara, talk to your mom to prove that you're, yeah. you're here. So then she was like, mom, can you come? Can you come pick me up? Mm-hmm. Essentially being like in, in the most not meme way possible. Mom, yeah. pick me up. I'm scared. Yeah. Like mom, she can you come get me? I'm scared. Literally that. But like, actually, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, so reasonable. While, yeah. So while her mom was on her way, the sheriffs asked Kara if they could take her back to the apartment complex to try to identify the apartment. So they were able to do this because she didn't really remember like the turn from the yeah. p- apartment complex to the police station. Yeah. yeah the guys remembered. in the the guys in the car were yeah. still there. OK. So they were like went out. And we're like, hey, can you lead us back to the apartment yeah. complex? She'll handle the rest. Yeah. So they led her back to the apartment complex. But when they got there they were like oh shit like mm-hmm. you've seen apartment complexes they're yep. like especially yeah, they when they're big ones the they're like uh this is all the fucking same yeah so um once they got there they thankfully found a maintenance man in a, in a like one of those golf carts mm-hmm. and kara was describing the inside of the apartment so she described the inside of the apartment the man and she was also like he lives with a woman with curly red hair she has a, he has a bunch of animals and they were like okay i know apartment that is yeah. apartment 301 so after finding out what apartment Avonitz resided in, the police took Kara back to the police station where she was reunited with her mom. So from here, they took from the police station, they took her to the hospital to have a sane exam done, which is, you know, yeah. sexual. Well, not sane exam, but a sexual assault exam, essentially. Yes. Um, so you and I have talked before about how yeah. traumatizing and invasive these exams oh, are. Yes. I can't imagine being a 15 year old going through this. No. Like, thankfully, and I've never had to go through it, but I can't imagine. A 15 year old who was kidnapped from her friend's house Mm -hmm. and was with this horrific strange scary Mm -hmm. person that absolutely kept giving the vibes of like this person's gonna kill you oh yeah 100 percent. and it was like she i don't know if she had had sex prior to this either so i don't know how much trauma there was and obviously it's none of our business that is her her business whatever um or even if she had ever even had a exam like that mm-hmm. in any way shape or form or a gynecological exam because if you were a as a person the first time i ever had a gynecological mm-hmm. exam was after and mm-hmm. sometime after having had an assault and it was a very traumatizing experience yes, those are very but yeah even just like 
going into it as someone like if I had never had one before, it mm-hmm. would have been a very scary well, or yeah, weird definitely, experience. definitely. I completely yeah, I feel that. Um, so after this exam, you know, they gathered all the all the um, you know evidence to build the case against him and asked her questions and stuff. So as they were asking her questions, they brought her a photo lineup to identify Ivanitz, mm-hmm. and she was able to pick out Ivanitz like instantaneously and then she finally found out who he was what his name was all that stuff so meanwhile so back at the apartment this so her being at the hospital and the police at the apartment were happening simultaneously so it it was kind of hard for me to figure out how to explain that like how to like put it at the same time but as once they found out what apartment it was that's when they took her to the hospital and then they started searching the apartment yes so they got her out of there got her taken care of so they're trying to conserve and conserve time and evidence exactly as possible so since police knew Ivana's had a firearm from Kara's story, they had come prepared. Um, they, instead of going right into the apartment, they had to gather a team first, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So once this team was gathered, they approached the door and knocked, calling out they were from the sheriff's office. When no one answered, they entered the apartments with their guns drawn. After entering, the sheriffs found that no one was in the apartment, thankfully. Mm-hmm. It had seemed that Ivana's had fled once he had realized Kara had escaped, which... Yeah. Yeah. For once, yeah. he did something somewhat smart for himself. Yeah, it, it um, was kind of one of those no shit. Like, you're not just going to chill yeah. there. So they walked into the apartment and were like, oh, shit, this girl really yeah. knew what the fuck she was talking about. Like, yeah. it was everything to a T, what she mm-hmm. said. Um, so, and even though, you know, they had, they knew who it was and she was able mm-hmm. to identify him, they still had to get a warrant. Yeah. Legality. Yeah. And I want to put out there, this police work was very, very good. Like, it was yeah, very was good police work. Quick, and they're yes. really doing the damn thing mm, and a lot of this i mean grant a lot of this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for kara so yeah. like she's the reason exactly so between kara's positive idea of Ivana's as well as her identifying the things in his room it was very easy for police to get a search warrant so it was just like bing bang yeah. boom here's your piece of paper yeah. go get the man yeah. so inside the house once they got the search warrant they found the revolver that kara had mentioned as well as an array of sex toys including the gag he had used on kara so when they went into the bedroom, in the corner of the room was a metal footlocker. Um, it was probably about like the size of like a chest, but it okay. was like metal. It was kind of like the ones we have, but like they're oh, okay. all metal. And it was locked. Um, but obviously those things are easy, easily picked. Yeah. So they picked it, and inside they found a myriad of things. Um, they found pairs of um, women's underwear that they didn't know yeah. who they came from, as well as newspaper clippings. But not just any newspaper clippings. These clippings contained pictures and stories of three girls who were kidnapped, raped, and killed about six years before uh, before Kara's abduction. Mm-hmm. And the weirdest part, all these girls were from the same place, Spotsylvania, Virginia. So they were all from the same place, from the same time period. Like, Jeez. he kept, and there was, like, a bunch of clippings. How so, did three whole little girls get murdered in the same place and they not find this person so we're gonna we're gonna kind of switch gears and and not talk about Kara (laughs) right now we're gonna eventually come back to Kara but we're gonna kind of take a pause and talk about the other three victims so um one of the girls in the clippings was a girl named Sophia Silva she was 16 at the time for abduction and murder and she was known to her friends and family as someone who loved to make people laugh and Mm. loved to laugh herself and she was very athletic loved to run track and field um and she was gorgeous like it looked like 80s hair not gonna lie but it was in the yeah. mid 90s so it was like yeah. this was because Kara got kidnapped in 2002 this was six years prior so 1996 mm-hmm. was when Sophia Silva yeah. was kidnapped um so she was very athletic like I said and the thing that hit me the most about Sophia was how her friends and family said purple was her color mm-hmm. she had purple everything and she always wore purple nail polish on her hands and on her feet so that was like her thing. She she was so one of those cute. purple girlies, yeah. which I relate to because I used to be a purple girlie. Like Aww. before I started wearing all black, like even now I have purple curtains. Yeah. I have a purple bedspread. Like I'm, I love lavender, purple. Anyway, mm-hmm. 
So the day Sophia was kidnapped, it was a nice, you know, it was later in the in the spring, more towards summer, but she got a ride home from a friend. And when she got back to her house, she decided to sit outside and enjoy. Sorry, it was actually fall. I lied. Sorry. Fall into fall into summer or summer into fall, whatever. She decided to sit outside and enjoy the nice fall weather. She brought her books for her homework outside along with a soda. So Sophia's sister remembers her working on her homework outside, um, just kind of like hanging yeah, out. Just and, like know, enjoying everyone's herself. Everyone's done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, Sophia's sister um, went back inside and then um, for a little bit later went out to like be like, hey, Sophia, yeah. ask her a question or something. The books and the soda were there, but Sophia wasn't. Oh, her sister bad. didn't even hear anything that would alert her to something going on. Like she yeah. didn't hear like a car going, like a, a car revving away, like mm-hmm. anything like that. So the family called in the Spotsylvania Sheriff's Office a few after a few hours of not being able to locate her. Obviously, they, they did their thing. They tried to look around, contact friends and family. Okay. Please tell me they're not going to do the maybe she's a runaway. Are you fucking kidding me? So when sheriffs arrived, they took the family statement, but first said she was a runaway. <laughs> no. So as we all know. Who runs away after leaving like their soda and books exactly. just like there so and takes nothing with them? We, obviously, this happens all the fucking time, um, but her friends and family were like, uh, no, 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 no. No. And the, she loved her friends and family and had huge yeah. plans for her future. Like, I, like, she wanted to graduate high school. She wanted to go on to do whatever mm-hmm. she wanted to do. So finally, after a few days days are yep. you kidding me? days days other police departments besides the spotsylvania uh, police department were alerted to be on the lookout for her and they started treating this as if it wasn't a runaway situation are you shitting me all of the valuable time and information mm-hmm. is already fucking gone why so, don't you just fucking throw yourself mm-hmm. in a river Jesus. so after this there weren't a lot of leads um but there was so they didn't really have a suspect um we'll kind of get into yeah, because nobody fucking was asked <laughs> I, could, I, I knew this would get, yeah. would, would get you going. Um, oh. So they didn't have a lead until a neighboring police station got a call on October 14th, 1996, five weeks after Sophia was reported Are missing. You... The person who called reported seeing what they looked like a body wrapped in a blanket on the band, the bank of a creek off of uh, State Route 9. So sheriffs went out, looked at the body, which was indeed wrapped in two moving blankets. And one of the sheriffs was quoted as saying all he could see about the body was purple nail polish on the body's toes. So they were like, this is Sophia yes. Silva. Um, so then they called, they immediately called the Spotsylvania sheriffs and we're like, hey, fuckers, hey. get the fuck out. Hey, here. you fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, there's this dead kid here. Yeah. Who's probably been dead this whole fucking time mm-hmm. because you were a dickweed mm-hmm. and was like, oh, maybe she ran away with none of her stuff. No preparation. And she left her soda, no which reason. speaking as someone who enjoys a nice cold fucking soda, you know, making light of that, this. I, like, listen, my bitch ass. If there's one thing about no. me, I'm bringing a soda. We were talking yesterday. Yes. I'm a beverage girly. Yes, you are. So like. You're very like, much are. Like. Not in, more so than you. Like oh, yeah. I always you have always. some type of beverage. I usually, for the most part, just the have fact water. that I don't have anything up here right now is shocking. But normally, yes. I have either a soda or like mm-hmm. a Gatorade or like a juice. We went to BJ's and I bought a forty pack of um, Kool Aid because yeah, Kool Aid jammers in specific. Yeah, yeah. What other Kool Aid would you fucking get? Kool Aid jammers are the way to fucking go, dude. Pre made, easy, ADHD friendly. I'm diseased. I love I'm it. Diseased. <laughs> like- so like. That's so frustrating. Yeah. They could have done so much more. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, they they went out and they took the they took uh, the body off of the off of the bank of the river and they brought it to the the medical examiner. So um, it was only through dental records that they were able to make a positive ID because of how decomposed she was. Yeah. Um, however, they weren't able to identify how she died because the level of decomp, like I said, was way too yeah. far along. Mm-hmm. So I did find it in another source that she was strangled to death, but I'm not sure if it's true or not, just because they said they weren't able to find the cause it could of death. Be speculation based yeah. off of other. 
cases well, and we'll more get, than yeah, likely. We'll get there, yeah. yeah. Um, so they also had been able to figure out that she was sexually assaulted before being killed. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure how they figured that out because if they couldn't figure out her cause of death, how could they well, figure out her sexual assault? You know I what I mean? I guess, like, maybe because a sexual assault is an in- could also be an internal true yeah kind mm-hmm. of injuries whereas like if someone was suffocated like even if you catch the death very quickly mm-hmm. on like you can't really find suffocation marks yeah. unless you find like stuff on their nose or, or in like their teeth yeah. or things like that yeah. because like it's something placed over you yep. like there's no even marks if you're, that are or, left from that for example if your nose was pinched they're yes. not going to see that cuz or like even if they did do a manual or ligature strangulation if there's enough decomp you can no longer see the yeah. marks yeah well on especially the skin. considering it was on the bank of a river yeah it was even though she was wrapped in blankets it was still like there's nature bugs, there's, there's the bugs outdoors, and there's, there's water there's, there's slippage moisture. shit like that yes. yeah Yep, so that was kind of all the information I was able to find on Sophia. So it ended up with, a for- unfortunately, her being her being yeah. killed. So there was a suspect besides Ivanitz originally. I forget what his okay. name was. I didn't write it down because it was kind of a... I heard it from like one or two sources. Okay. Some of Sophia's friends had saw her talking with an older guy, like mm-hmm. shaking his hand and okay. talking to him. Like, I think it was either after school or like at a something. Just something some, random. Yeah, so, random. Yeah, they ran yeah. into whatever. So they, and they looked through this guy because he was... There's something hinky about him i didn't like i said i didn't write this down so this is all from my memory so i apologize um but there was something like hinky about him either he had like um charges for something similar to sexual assault or similar to like flashing or some shit like that but when they did more digging they realized he was he was clear like there was no connection yeah and there was probably alibi something exactly um so we're gonna talk about the other clippings in Ivanis's trunk um and these include stories of two other murders girls from the same town as sophia Kristen, and katie lisk so they were sisters um who were 15 and 12 so uh kristen was 15 and katie was 12 and so that's how they all were that that, that's how old they were at the time of their abduction and murder Mm -hmm. so uh kristen was on the dance team at her school and katie loved basketball and swimming everyone around them said they were inseparable and did everything together even Mm -hmm. though it was a three-year age difference they were just like a glued at the hip yep so um and much like Sophia, it wasn't common for the girls to just disappear. They were always yeah. know where they would. They had a routine after school. Usually they would. Um, They're so, involved in activities. Like yep. they have stuff. They have exactly. friends. They have a lot of reasons to mm-hmm. want to be alive and happy. Exactly. So with all this being said, um, and keeping in mind what happened with Sophia, the girls were abducted in 1997. So five years before Kara's abduction, but one year after Sophia's. Okay. So the Lisk sisters rode a different buses home um, because of their age difference. Okay. But um, once they got home, they walked together from their bus stops, like, once they met up. And once they got home, they called their dad to let them know that they got home okay. And this was their routine every single day. Get off the bus at different bus stops, meet together at this one place, and then walk home. Once they're inside, call your dad. Hey, dad, I'm home okay. Yeah. That was their routine every fucking day. Okay. So on this day, however, he didn't get a call from his girls. So he Mm -hmm. repeatedly called the house phone hoping they had just gotten caught up and talking to one another, maybe talking to mm-hmm. a friend at school, whatever. So when he didn't receive a response, he was like, something's up. Yeah. So he rushed home from work only to find Kristen's book bag and books on the front lawn, but no sign of either girls. Everything pointed to them that they had gotten home yeah, and at least gotten inside the yeah. house and somehow came out for something else. I'm assuming yes. because of okay. like yeah. what I'm assuming probably happened. And there, this is no factual proof is that one of them was like Kristen probably opened the door, talked yeah. to Ivanitz and then Katie came out when she heard something and then he kidnapped yeah. both of them. Oh, That's geez. what I'm assuming happened. Yeah. Um, so he immediately called his wife and everyone he knew, hoping the girls were with somebody and they just didn't mm-hmm. tell him. So once him and his wife realized they didn't know where their children were, they called the sheriffs. Mm-hmm. Along with police, the, the Lisk family organized a large group of volunteers to look for the girls. Hours turned into days and the family began realizing their worst fear may be coming true. 
So thankfully they didn't treat it as a runaway because mm-hmm. especially what happened with Sophia, you know, they, mm-hmm. they were like, fuck, something's happening. Yeah. So five days after the Lis- Lisk sisters went missing, their bodies were found in the, in the South Anna River, which was about 40 miles away from their home. Mm-hmm. The medical examiner confirmed they had been dead just for a few days. And they also confirmed that just like Sophia, they had both been sexually assaulted before being killed. And it, uh, their, their cause of death was um, strangulation. Jeez. Yep. So now that we talked about Ivanis' past victims, I kind of want to talk about what happened after Kara escaped and how they connected the murders of Sophia, Kristen, and Katie to him. So not only with all that shit in mm-hmm. there, but they also did some digging on him in, mm-hmm. in general and found out that he lived in or near Spotsylvania in wow. Virginia the same time that, that, this, all that this all happened. Yeah. So they're also able to find his wife, who indeed did have curly red hair, and they end up talking mm-hmm. to her over the phone. Um, they found out she was in Disney um, with his mom during the time of the kidnappings. Wow. And, were, and they were like, hey, um, when are you going to be back? Because we got to talk to you about some shit. So they actually yeah. let her know about what had happened and the crimes he committed mm-hmm. on the phone. And she's like, well, I'm going to be back tomorrow. So, like, yeah. we'll talk then. I couldn't imagine one, like, I don't think I could ever be with a person that Mm -mm. could end up doing these things. But how do you handle getting a phone call like that and not, like, completely lose your fucking mind? Well, it's funny because I was talking to Des about this because I was research. He was working on the thing he's working on for us. Yeah. And we were, like, on Discord just, like, um, he was sharing a screen showing what he was doing Mm -hmm. and I was doing this. I think it was last week or something like that Mm -hmm. and i was talking i was like i just don't know how she didn't know like how did they not know or how did like she still stand by him Mm because she still stands by him and believes he's innocent nope straight up that's and you got me and he was like yeah i got you fucked up i know he was like des was saying he's like well there had to be some level of abuse there like where she is tricked he she like was manipulated i said i get that yeah but you don't know how many people how many survivors Mm -hmm. i've worked with in the shelter program that their abuser got arrested for beating another person and they're like good fuck that guy yeah like there, especially if once you're out of the situation yes you realize yes but also like when someone literally tells you this that mm-hmm. they have evidence of this how do you go into such a denial mode that you thank you and so does does was a little more understanding about it than i was um i'm not sure huh. why um but he was kind of like well there's probably a level of abuse she probably was manipulated and yeah, whatever and i, I, I get as that a, as a human person i don't think i could just automatically like be like no i believe this person they couldn't have done exactly it. i immediately would be like i need to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. like i don't i don't know if i would be able to talk to the police because mm-hmm. i'd be like i can't fucking handle yep. what you just said to yep. me well thank- i need you to tell me all the information yeah. that you know before yep. i can say anything well thankfully they actually kept her name um they changed it and a bunch of things they put it as faith okay um but that's not her real name they okay. changed they and they changed it so they you know they were she's right. able well, to you know that's fair i'm which is good that she went through a lot of therapy and now she doesn't yeah. think these things yeah but like no there's no part of my brain that automatically would be like oh no they mm-hmm. they didn't do this no if someone told me that okay i'll be honest like when someone told me that my abuser was abusive to them previously i believed them but i also couldn't get away from my abuser mm-hmm. i didn't yeah. think like no he wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. i mean, like i immediately thought like yeah that probably happened mm-hmm. yeah so she came back the next day and there were um she claimed she didn't know anything about the crimes and then she also didn't know said she didn't know where he could be so um right. which I guess. Okay. I mean, because think about Maybe. it. If you're going to commit a crime, they're going to talk to your wife first. Well, yes, but also, like, if you're married to a person who can straight up commit serial murders without you knowing, mm-hmm. you probably don't know anything well, about Well, this was this also person. his second wife. Okay. So this was of, of, they got married after these murders had happened. Okay. So just putting that out there. This is his All second right. wife. And we'll talk about his first wife okay. when we get a little bit further in. Um, so 
they also decided to look into his family members because people who are running from the police mm-hmm. usually go to family members where they can stay because they can't stay yeah. where they were, you know, yes. where they normally They'll live for whatever for reason. They'll ask for money, a place exactly. to stay, all kinds of things. So they went to his mother's house and actually found the Trans Am that Kara had been kidnapped with. Since they saw oh. the car, they assumed he would be there. However, he wasn't. No, he They also the car. didn't find anything but the car. But here's the thing about the car. It wasn't his car. What? That was his mom's car. He kidnapped people in his mom's car? This piece of shit used his mom's car to kidnap not only Kara, but we'll find out other people too. I think other. Either this one, he has two green cars. That's why I was kind of mixing it up. But he used his mom's car to kidnap Kara. Yep. Are you fucking kidding? How do you. Okay, what a fucking loser to Mm -hmm. be like, oh yeah, I have to borrow my mom's car for criminality. But also, like, how disfucking respectful to your mom. Right? Exactly. So, anyway, they end up talking to his family about his upbringing and him as a person. So, they were also able to find an ex-wife of his who was privy to all the fucked up shit he liked to do during sex. Now, disclaimer, I'm not into yucking people's yums. But when I'm talking about a man who did these things to teenage girls before killing them, I think I'm I'm allowed to yuck his yums. And some things can be predictive of other yes. behavior like the stolen panties we'll, thing we'll, really we'll get into it okay. yeah yeah so um he was apparently quote very into bdsm and loved to inflict pain onto unwilling partners now i want to be clear so i want to be yes. clear this is not bdsm no bdsm, BDSM is consensual consent. and honestly be as someone who you know has dabbled in that type of stuff yeah. before it is solely based on consent you mm-hmm. have to have a consenting and willing partner yep if not that is not bdsm no, and anyone abuse. and anyone who is in the bdsm community mm-hmm. will put it out there being yes. like i will never even people who are into consensual yep. non-consensual sex mm-hmm. which that's a little iffy on some people it's essentially where they play out rape fantasy oh, fantasies okay even that thing they still have a safe word yes because even cause, and they still talked about it this yep. is so, like something in advance this is also why the books 50 shades of gray yes. are dog shit mm-hmm. because it is not bsm it is absolutely glorified abuse that mm-hmm. is happening in that book you can absolutely like bondage mm-hmm. and want to read books about bondage but how Christian Grey was going about it was mm-hmm. not a Agreed. consensual there way. There are so many other good books about about that type of stuff. Yes. I mean, I have a whole fucking series in my in my room that is like fucking chef's kiss. Like, amazing. But it's not Fifty Honestly, Shades of Grey. I haven't read a whole lot of smut. I usually read like a lot of horror. Uh, I think oh, I no, should, I, like find some good smut. I, the, I'll let you borrow the books I have. Okay, they're thanks. really, they're really fucking good. Okay. Um, anyway, so um, this, is, this was not BDSM. So no, he was just being a fucking was, abusive shithead. Well, that... Sorry to also go back, but that is a pet peeve of mine when talking about cases of yep. these when journalists or people put in there, it was like, he was in a BDSM and like beating the shit out of people during sex when they didn't ask or mm-hmm. want this. That's not BDSM. I think, Stop I think what you sh- what people should be saying is he was into watching BDSM porn. Yes. Which still can be very iffy. Yeah. BDSM porn and into beating people who were not into it. Yes. The better way to describe it is he used bondage or BDSM gear or yes. toys on unwilling partners exactly where he tried to practice bdsm on unwilling partners yes. exactly because you can have it is seen the exact same way yes. that someone with B- who is into bdsm would mm-hmm. do but yes. if it's non-consensual it's not it's BDSM. non-consensual yeah so um they also talked to his sister um who was at first really reluctant to talk because she was like i don't know dude but then she yeah but then she opened up so she said she had talked to him since he had been on the run and he had told her that um told her some things um he said to her that he had killed someone before and he quote committed a lot more crimes than he can remember 
Now, if you ask me, I think there are a lot more victims out there besides just Sophia, Kristen, oh, yes. Katie, and Kara. I think there's a lot yes. more. Yes. And also, not to interrupt you again, but also, you are a person with a younger brother. Yes. If your younger brother said these things to you. Police 911, hello. Thank you. No, okay. I would never. I, yeah. I would never. I like, yeah. I would never be able to look at, kind of, it reminds me of the, mm-hmm. um. oh my God, what was the case you did about the gir- two young girls who killed the mom? Yes. That one, how, how her sister was like, oh, like, I kind of, like, I talked to my sister. I wouldn't no. be able to talk to him. No. Nope. 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 As a person who also has a younger brother, no, if my younger brother said some shit like this to me, I would absolutely, first I'd probably knock him out. Exactly. And then I'd be calling police. Exactly. Like, Exactly. So now if you ask me, like I said, I think there's more victims out there because people normally don't just start kidnapping, raping and killing teens that they start slow, if that's what you call it. So they usually start with, especially when it comes to sexually motivated crimes. So these people usually start with something like flashing, which Ivanitz had been charged with before. And he told the police at the time of his crime, which I believe was around 1987, that, quote, he had a problem with masturbating in front of girls. Okay, that's also where I'd cut off my brother and be like, we're never fucking talking. Yep. You are clearly a psychopath. I'll beat you to death myself if yep. I can. If you get arrested for flashing and, like, masturbating in public, there's clearly something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You are very ill in the head, and I don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So during this year, he actually had also been convicted of a rape in, K- in Clay County, Florida, which led him to being forced to be registered as a sex offender in that state. So we can see there's a clear escalation in his behavior going from flashing and jacking off in front of minors to rape, then kidnapping to rape and murder. Yeah. All that good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but all yeah, that. Yeah, all that criminality as all well as bullshit. like, I'm sure you'll also mention it as well, but like the stolen panties thing and like breaking into other people's houses to steal panties. Well, I'm so not. We'll, so they never talked yeah. about where those panties came from. Okay. So, so well, they, they could have been. No. Yes. They could have been either another victims, which I yes. wouldn't be shocked of. No. Or they could have been one of the list sisters yes. or Sophia's or, or whatever. Someone that he could have been. Because one of the things that like. Like, I do want to cover the Ken and Barbie killers at mm-hmm. some point, but, like, the Scarborough rapist, or, um, because it's Carla Homoka and what the fuck? Um, Ian Brady? No, Bernardo. Mm, I don't know. Oh, I'm forgetting his first name. But Bernardo, he was also the Scarborough rapist before he mm-hmm. ever got with Carla Homoka and did all the fucked mm-hmm. up shit he did. And one of the things that he did before he started actually full-on, like, assaulting women in Scarborough was he would break into their houses and steal their underwear. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Killer did this. Like, mm-hmm. all kinds of sexually motivated yep sexually motivated serial killers absolutely sometimes start with the Mm -hmm. breaking and entering because it is already it's the first start of the violation of other Mm -hmm. people's boundaries exactly so as the police are talking to Ivana's sister she eventually tells them he told her that he was staying at a hotel in orangeburg south carolina about an hour away from where he kidnapped kara so police then raced there and when they got there they didn't find him so it seemed either he found out his sister talked to the police or simply didn't want to stay in one place too long, which we've seen before. Like yeah, they've, we, both people are very much a possibility, yeah. but I kind of feel a little bit extra judgment to his sister right mm-hmm. now. And like, I feel bad because like the victims or like the perpetrator's family is also victims in their own right mm-hmm. sometimes too, because they don't know these yeah. things. But I kind of feel like there was a bit more enabling that is going on here than oh, yeah. appropriate. Yeah, well... It- they, his family kind of redeems themselves a little bit in like a, oh, that's good, in like a paragraph or so. They found also found out that he had another sister in Orlando, Florida. So they then reach out to this sister and found out that she had to set a time to meet with Ivanitz at an IHOP to give him some money because he had called her being like, hey, I need some money because he was trying not to get money out of his own account because yeah. he didn't want to you know trace yeah, them he didn't, yeah but police didn't know they were tracking like his credit cards and like his phone calls and shit like that because mm-hmm. he's a fucking idiot oh so she decided to call 911 once she connected with a sister in south carolina and found out like what 
what what was up essentially mm-hmm. so now that police knew where Ivanis was going to be next they alerted the fbi office in florida this allowed them to put the fbi at this ihop to try to stop and arrest Ivanis. um this ended up not working unfortunately so once Ivanis pulled into the ihop he knew something was kind of off he sped off once he noticed the police cars in the parking lot this led to a high speed chase reaching speeds upwards of 120 miles per hour he went down one-way streets, didn't signal any of his turns, and went down the road the wrong way. Honestly, we're, everyone's very lucky he didn't kill anyone with the mm-hmm. car at that time because he was just being – obviously didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So Completely reckless. Yep. So Sarasota PD was able to stop him by blowing out his t- tires with a spike strip, which I think is always so fucking funny. Beautiful. Like, just rolling a sp- bunch of spikes across the, across the road and that's how you fucking get someone. Like, love it. So after they, they blow out his tires with a spike strip and the car stopped, they brought in a canine unit to bring Avonitz down because they knew he was armed. So they don't want to just, you know, which I'd never agree with police dogs. I get why we have them. But like, it makes me sad because I don't want dogs to be yeah. killed. Like, and so, also I want puppies to be puppies. Exactly. So as the dog approached him, he took a pistol out and then he unfortunately put pistol to his head and completed suicide. Mm. So this wasn't the ending people were hoping for, especially Kara. Um, in the documentary, she said how she was furious that yeah, he she wanted had justice. This. So she said she wanted to be able to sit across from him in the courtroom and let her know, let him know in her own words that quote, picking her was the worst thing he ever did. It's and, true though. And I fucking feel that. And I'm amazed at how, like how not only is how she was able to escape, but amazed at how much she wanted to show him that like, fuck you, bitch. I'm yeah. the reason you got caught, which like, incredible. What a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. So even though Ivanis was dead, they were still able to process things at the crime scene from the from uh, from the crime scene from Kara and the car to build a case against him. And he and they confirmed he was the one who kill, killed Sophia uh, Silva and the Lisk sisters. They're able to match fibers from inside his apartment to fibers found on the three girls he killed. Wow. Um, the Ford Taurus he had was also dusted. And get this. They found fingerprints in it that weren't from Kara because she wasn't she was in the mm-hmm. Trans Am. He, the um, fingerprints that they found were a match for Kristen Lisk. Wow. So let me repeat that. They were from a victim from over five years ago. Oh, my God. And they still had enough to match them to her. That's incredible. Right? So um, so there we'll say without a doubt that Richard Ivanitz was the one who killed the three girls from Spotsylvania. Mm-hmm. So now a lot has happened after Ivanitz died and after, you know, Kara's, um, you know, gone through therapy and mm-hmm. stuff. So Kara was actually able to go to Virginia and meet the families of Sophia Silva and the Lisk sisters. That's after really after incredible everything. that she wanted to do that. And she was like so happy she was able able to do so. And the families of the girls say that they're relieved they got the closure they needed. And they recognize that without Kara, it would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. So they also, um, the families and the police officers had a um, task force called the Silva Lisk Task Force to help find the girls. Um, and they decided to give the $150,000 reward for information on the girls killer to Kara. Because she was the mm-hmm. one who real who found yeah, out who he was she absolutely so she the got the hundred and fifty thousand dollars which was insane so kara eventually went to college and decided to go to the police academy to work for the same sheriff's office that helped her when she needed it mm-hmm. as well um she became a school resource officer because she wanted to help out the kids who need it especially because she knew what it was like to be a kid going through trauma she knew yeah. what it was like to act out to not mm-hmm. be you know a normal teenager because she had gone through this stuff as a teenager yeah. So she also began working as an investigator with the um, Richland County Sheriff's Department on child abuse and sexual assault cases, which like props to her. Wow. I mean, she's an incredible person. Here's my thing. As someone who has been through domestic violence like and sexual assault and I choose to work in the victim services field, like it's very hard to do the job. Mm-hmm. Being being a survivor myself makes it makes me do the job well. But it's hard and it's yeah. traumatizing. Like you can I you you can attest to how many times I've come home and oh, just yeah. been like, 
I, I can't like yeah. I spent I've, five mm-hmm. years doing the work and it got to a point where it was too much because I felt like I was being re-traumatized mm-hmm. too often yep and couldn't do it like as yep. much as I I'm proud of the work that I did and I think I did good at that job mm-hmm. I just I couldn't continue anymore mm-hmm. yep and even me like I mean I'll mm-hmm. in April next month it'll be two years that have been the work yeah. which is crazy um but it's very traumatizing so I give Kara mm-hmm. a lot of credit for oh, working yeah. on child abuse and sexual assault cases oh yeah I've um, been to the um the CAC which is the child advocacy center mm-hmm. at the place that I used to work at one time and was present for an interview of a child victim once and after that I literally looked at my employer and was like I'm never going there again yep. mm-hmm. I will that's the one thing I could not do and I told them very plainly I will never be able to do is mm-hmm. I cannot work with child victims because mm-hmm. it makes me too upset mm-hmm. yeah so she decided to do that um wow. so she also uh, got married since this happened and has two children both little mm-hmm. boys Um, After her boys were born, she took a step back from working in law enforcement and began telling her story to the world. Um, She did this in hopes of having someone else in the audience be able to realize that they aren't alone, which genuinely like there's a big thing in the victim victim advocacy um, field called self-disclosure or like Mm -hmm. self. um, I think it's self-disclosure, right? Mm -hmm. So essentially is like when you talk to someone and tell them about what happened to you, like pure example to me, if I'm talking to a client Mm -hmm. and I say, oh, yeah, I'm also a survivor of domestic violence. It's a matter of. Is that benefiting the client or be- benefiting me? Yeah. So in this, I think it was healing for Kara to be able to tell this, yeah. this story. But I think a lot of it was so that she could go to other people and be like, if you were a young teen and got sexually mm-hmm. assaulted, you are not alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's fucking, it's amazing how she's Incredible. doing that. She also works with a consultant and is trying to change how the media portrays victims of crimes like the one committed against her. She said this in the People magazine article, quote, in the same way, there would be an intimacy coordinator on a set, someone that is checking in with everyone and making sure if there's a scene where there's intimacy, they're checking in with the actors and making sure they're comfortable in every point of the game. She says there should be someone who's doing that when someone is working with victims. There is no media standard for how victim stories are told, how they're represented and how they're treated fucking good which i completely agree with absolutely kara took what happened to her and made it into something that she hopes could change the lives of the people she educates she has a tiktok account where she shares her story and her advice to people and i think it's a great way to spread awareness for this type of crime absolutely um, as well as show people that even if you have trauma like she has you can make it through it and make even you know make it into something positive and i think you Mm -hmm. know by her going on to TikTok, I think it's a very smart thing because it's such yeah. a popular platform. Oh, yeah. And she she does it with, like, the same, um, what's what I'm thinking of, like, trends. Aww. She, like, does it where she'll, like, act, yeah. like, have, like, skits and shit like that. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it was, so it's really, like, she's, she's really, and she's gorgeous. She is so beautiful. Mm. She has a like a radiant smile. She is so sweet. She is so well-educated. Like, awesome. she is just, I... The way I feel about her is very similar to how I feel about J.C. Dugard, mm-hmm. how they are both just so amazing and yeah. thriving after all they've been through. Granted, obviously, J.C.'s was, 18, a prolonged was a prolonged experience, experience yeah. but they both were very strong and made yeah. it through and have, you know, lives of their own now. And it's just it's amazing yeah. to me. And re- it took me a while to research it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, especially because it was a serial mm-hmm. killer. I wanted to make sure I gave as much information about Sophia, Kristen and Katie as I could because a lot of times like they'll talk about it and be like oh this is the case of Kara Robinson oh there's also these two girls who were murdered by Yvonne's which is true yes but but they need their name said too and And what happened to them mattered and it really sucks because there's not a lot of information out there about the girls because it was A in the over almost 30 years ago and also like it was in a smaller place in Virginia and they 
it, you know, there's just not a lot about that them because, and you know. Because he was never tried. So mm-hmm. I don't think exactly. there could be, because they never got the chance to fully match all of the mm-hmm. evidence to this person. They never got to try it. So there yep. was no, like, once they knew, they knew, and then they just stopped. Exactly. Which really, which really sucks. And, yeah. you know, Katie, Chris, Kristen, Katie, and Sophia deserve more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the, you know, the amazing escape of Kara Robinson and the unfortunate, you know, unfortunate case of Richard Ivanitz and, you know, his three victims. So yeah. it's a lot. It was that a was an intense case, but yeah. there was a lot of information that I didn't know. And I do really appreciate you presenting this because mm-hmm. this was like, this is a big deal. It's, it's, yeah. it's one that I hadn't heard about. And I think mm-hmm. it's everyone needs to learn about yes. how amazing Kara is absolutely because she is just such a bad bitch and mm-hmm. I love her so much um and sh- what she did was incredible yes yeah, so props out to her and she actually does do interviews on podcasts oh, that's so, so like I was actually debating like reaching out to her and seeing like, like if if it didn't cost anything, yeah. I'm sure it does cost stuff yeah but if we don't really have a lot of money but like if <laughs> she would be willing to like even just give like a snippet of like her mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I'd love yeah. to talk to her she's so sweet um, but yeah, so that's, you know, that's the yeah, case. Yeah, and we'll link her TikTok channel. Yes, we'll link her yeah. TikTok. She actually has a whole website where it has oh, wow. her website. A lot of the sources I got from for this case mm-hmm. were actually from her website. That's she has a website. Dope. She's working on a book. Her And it's like a bunch of stuff. You can contact her for questions. And she has wow. all of her socials. I'll, we'll link her website because it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, so that's the, that's the story of, you know, Kara Robinson. We're going to, you know, hopefully have, hopefully I'll present more cases in the future because that took a lot out of me mm-hmm. to do. But I have a few more that I'm, I'm trying to look for. Mm-hmm. So um, in order to keep up with us, keep up with our bullshit, all that fun stuff, you can mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk you can like us on facebook at figures in the dark you can also send us an email with case suggestions spooky stories um pictures of your cats all that fun stuff at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms like amazon music google Podcasts, spotify spotify for podcasters or anchor as it's previously called all that fun stuff um and we thank you guys for listening and as always be aware of the figures in the dark bye right, bye